Thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday. It is a Monday, the first day of the work week. So as always, pleased to welcome to the show Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee. Kyla, how you doing here today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Well, appreciate you taking the time as always. All right, so let's start with a conversation surrounding distracted driving. Using an electronic device while driving, we know you're not supposed to be doing that. Kyla, you and I have talked many times about this in the past, right? If you pull over and your vehicle is in park, you can use your device. You don't have to turn off the ignition as long as you're parked, right? You can use your phone. But a 2019 case, well, it raises a little bit of questions, I suppose, around exactly some of the details surrounding that. Um, before I get to the case itself, I guess just the, when when people are in park, you don't have to turn off your ignition, right? You are allowed to use your phone as long as you're not, like, in the lane of traffic, correct? That's correct. If you're off the roadway, safely and lawfully parked, and out of the way of traffic, then you are entitled to use your phone, even if the engine is still running. Okay. So, I guess, you know, the, the question around this whole case is, my vehicle is in park. So, a 2019 case, it, it involves a woman in Victoria going through Starbucks drive through uh, She was using the mobile app to place an order. When she eventually left the drive through though, she forgot to close the app, didn't want to use up all her data, because we know data is stinking expensive if you start going over your limits. So, when she was stopped at a red light, she put her car in park and then closed the app on her phone. She was beside a cop when this happened. Cop asked her to pull over after proceeding through the intersection and ended up giving her a distracted driving ticket for, for using her phone while essentially in the intersection. Now, her car was in park, but that didn't matter. So what is the big lesson here? I mean, I guess before we get to the lesson, was there anything about this case that sort of seemed odd or puzzling to you as you went through it, given that she was obviously fighting the ticket, saying she, her car was in park, she wasn't uh, endangering anyone that was on the road, therefore she was innocent. But, I mean, it, it feels pretty clear that, you know, she was at an intersection on the roadway. doesn't matter that your car was in park, you can't be using your phone. Yes, it was very strange to me that this argument was even made, because to me it's just sort of, obvious that if, if you're allowed to use your phone when you're parked that doesn't include when you're parked in the middle of a lane of travel on the road like that's the idea that you could just open it up to drivers to just shove the gear shift into park grab their phone and start using their phone at a red light or just come to a stop and put the vehicle in park in the middle of the highway so they can take a call like that that's obviously not consistent with the purpose of the legislation it's an absurd interpretation so the idea that that argument was even made made no sense to me but worse than that was that it was actually accepted by the court and she was acquitted at trial in traffic court and then her acquittal uh, was overturned by the bc supreme court when the crown appealed mm -hmm. because the judgment made no sense so i was i was even more surprised to see that she actually succeeded in the argument in court I mean, there's a lot of gray area, right, when it comes to the distracted driving laws here in this province, but this one does seem pretty black and white. Yes, this one, this part does, I think, seem very black and white in the Motor Vehicle Act. The Motor Vehicle Act is explicit that you have to not just be in park, but also safely out of the way of, of traffic and parked lawfully. Um, so it, it was strange to me that a conviction, uh, that an acquittal was actually entered. There's another interesting element to this case, too, though, and that's the fact that even though this woman was acquitted at trial and the Crown appealed and won the appeal, 
at the end of the appeal, they stayed her ticket, meaning they dropped the charge against her. They didn't force her to go back through a new trial or pay for the process of a trial or anything like that. So, yeah, I didn't even realize that part of it. So basically, even though she was found uh, guilty, I mean, she doesn't really have to suffer any of the consequences. So really, at the end of the day, this is a win for her. I mean, certainly it was a win for her um, in the sense that she never had to pay any of the um, consequences of the ticket. Um, it seemed to me that the Crown was recognizing that she'd already been through the difficulty of having to go through one trial in traffic court, that uh, now she was uh, going through the experience of a BC Supreme Court appeal, which isn't easy, even mm -hmm. for lawyers, is not easy. And um, to have to put her, you know, send her back to have a new trial in provincial court would be taking a lot of this person's time and energy and effort in dealing with the traffic ticket and that it really wasn't in the interest of justice. The, cr the Crown got what they wanted, which was clarification on the law. And they didn't need to go for blood in the sense of getting $368 yeah. from this poor woman that you know was a single mom and was just trying to get some Starbucks. Um, I guess, you know, would you even yourself consider ever taking on a case like this? I mean, you mentioned how you were almost baffled that this argument was even being made, let alone entertained. I mean, this is probably something you wouldn't even touch with a 10-foot pole if someone came to you and said, this is what happened, and you'd say, well, there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, I, I would take on the ticket, but I wouldn't run that argument in court because I know what the law says. And, you know, there's a, there's a, a sort of a credibility that you have to maintain as a lawyer, that you're not making arguments that are obviously contrary to what the legislation says. And, and I wouldn't buy, advise the client of what the law says in relation to, um, you know, these distracted driving and the, and the parking and made sure that the client was aware so she didn't end up in that situation again. Um. Shifting gears here slightly, um, not slightly, actually quite significantly here. Um, last Monday, a week ago today, uh, there was uh, a bit of a move that was being made by Vancouver City Council. I know it still has to kind of go through the finalizing process here when it comes to this, but uh, people in Vancouver, one step closer to being allowed to drink alcohol in some designated zones of, uh, you know, 20-some parks within the city. Uh, so it was it was noted, you know, the, the Vancouver Park Board voted in favor of allowing residents to drink in small areas of certain parks between 11 a.m. and 9 p.m. Those aren't going into place yet, but we have seen this in other cities in the Lower Mainland kind of take this step to allow uh, alcohol consumption in small areas of some parks uh, throughout this pandemic. I guess kind of, especially since a lot of restaurants and stuff were closed and people were just trying to find ways to, to get together with with friends and be able to, you know, have a drink or two This sort of provided a way to do that. So with this coming into effect in Vancouver, I'm just curious, uh, you know, from your standpoint, if you've ever actually heard of any massive issues coming from this, I know it's sort of like a, um, probably a lot of parent groups aren't, wouldn't, wouldn't be too happy to see this being allowed, but as long as it's being done in a responsible way, this shouldn't really be much of an issue and you probably wouldn't even really notice uh, but have you heard of any major concerns that have come from, you know, other municipalities in the Vancouver area allowing alcohol consumption in small parks? Have there been any blow-ups as a result? There haven't been any reported incidents of anything extreme or unusual happening with drinking in parks. Most 
most people who are currently not drinking in parks because the law prohibits it are the type of people who are extremely respectful of the law, who might go to the park with friends, bring a bottle of wine and share it while having a picnic and, and drink responsibly and, and you know find a safe way home at the end of that. They're not people who are going to get intoxicated to the point of becoming belligerent or uncooperative or cause problems for other patrons in the parks. Um, the people who are drinking alcohol in parks already are the people who are, you know, uh, are, are are willing to flout the law mm-hmm. and are probably more likely to end up in that in that situation. And we see situations already, even though drinking in parks is illegal, where people consume alcohol in parks and, and get, you know, belligerent and upset and cause problems. It doesn't happen that often. Um, and I think there's also sort of a, a recognition in lower mainland that, you know, if you're not making it obvious that you're consuming alcohol in a park, if you're not acting out, there's a general blind eye that's been turned to it in lots of instances. Police aren't super engaged in the practice of walking around to parks and pouring out people's beers um, unless they're, you know, drawing attention to the mm-hmm. fact that they're drinking. Right. So I don't see this as being an issue. What I do see as being a potential problem is that even though a municipality might say that you can consume alcohol in a park, we still have a provincial law under the Liquor Control Licensing Act that prohibits the public consumption of alcohol. And it's difficult to discern how those two pieces of legislation, municipal bylaws, are going to work harmoniously with the Liquor Control Licensing Act that would actually prohibit the drinking in parks regardless of what a municipality says. Hmm. So that sounds to me like it could potentially be up to the discretion of law enforcement if they're you know, happen to be walking through a park and see someone being, you know, maybe they're throwing their beer cans everywhere. And even though they're in sort of that space that's allowed, they're not uh, being very respectful of it. And there is the potential, I guess, then to get like a, a public intoxication ticket, right? That's, I guess that's always on the table, right? You still can't be intoxicated in public. You know, having a beer hopefully isn't going to make you feel intoxicated. But if, if you're getting to that point, I mean, there, there's a line here that, uh, you know, you can cross and you can find yourself in trouble if you if you choose to go over that line. Yes, and let's not forget that what the city of Vancouver is talking about legalizing is the consumption of alcohol in parks. They have not endorsed being intoxicated in a park. Yeah, Yeah. big difference, that's for sure. Well, I'm curious to see how this goes. Like I said, other municipalities have kind of taken similar steps, and now kind of the big city here in uh, British Columbia has taken this move too, and uh, we'll wonder if it'll trickle out to anywhere else. I don't don't think it's a conversation being held in Kamloops anytime soon, but I always find it interesting when this does come up. And um, yeah, anyways, Kyla, I think that's about all for now, but as always, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and provide some insight. And uh, yeah, if if you're out there listening and you're... In the intersection, don't be on your phone. That's my main message here today. <laughs> and if you are, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff, Kyla. Well, have a great rest of your Monday, and we'll, we'll chat again soon. Great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, anytime. Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee. Yeah, it was a nice conversation. A little bit, a little bit lighter here today than some of the conversations we've been having over the past, you know, ten days. And I'm not done with those deeper conversations. That is for sure. But nice to take a little bit of a break and kind of ease into the week here on a Monday. So uh, I just thought that that conversation around uh, liquor consumption in parks is is just an intriguing one. It's it's an interesting one because I do think it has implications beyond just the municipality of Vancouver. I know it's taking place in some other, you know, uh, surrounding communities uh, around uh, around there, and I haven't heard of any issues to this point. As Kyla said, haven't really heard of any concerns that have stemmed from the uh, allowing of some alcohol consumption within uh, parks, and 
hopefully it stays that way. We don't need to... Just because you're allowed to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. And just because you can do it doesn't mean you have to go to the extreme lengths to be able to do it, right? So hopefully no one's sitting in a park and... Uh, you know, with a with a 12-pack or something. That's not the intent of this. It's, you know, you can go down, you can have a picnic and maybe have a beer or a glass of wine while you're doing that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, just, you know, keep it uh, keep it in check, I guess, is the main message. So we'll see how that goes. I'm curious to see if there are any issues that arrive in those, uh, I think it's 22 parks that they are permitting. Very, very small pieces of land. Very small slivers. If you look at the map, uh, I found it online here earlier today where sort of the the, the allowance is going to be, assuming council moves ahead after the, the the parks board said this would be okay. Now council has to kind of go through and make those bylaw changes as well in order for it to actually finish going through. But if you look at the maps, it's very, very small pieces within these, these parks where you're going to be able to consume alcohol legally. And uh, yeah, just hopefully people aren't abusing that allowance because yeah, that would ruin it for everybody, wouldn't it?